Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. No two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone out. On today's episode, we have Josiah Breers. He is 18 years old and is currently taking a gap year off the university, but for his greater good. And he has an amazing story and one that will definitely move you. I know that it's moved me and I'm excited to hear more depths of it. And I hope that you are too. So here's Josiah and thank you so much for coming on. And I'm just curious, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and get into more depths about your story? Well, you know, uh, throughout my life, I've struggled with anxiety. It's been really kind of tough on me. It all kind of started when I was a kid. Uh, right around 13 my parents divorced and uh, we all really didn't know what was going on I was going through uh, just a young teenage boy kind of kind of area in life yeah. nothing really makes sense and all that kind of stuff and kind of stemmed from that created a lot of uh, just stress and uh, kind of mental stuff for myself and that over time that took a toll so over that kind of first year that uh, my parents split, we didn't really know at that time. And uh, we uh, kind of just went from there. We were thinking, oh, maybe one day they'll get back together. Maybe one day we can be that loving family that most households are. Mm -hmm. And we all, we each have like a mom and a dad in the home and it's kind of all hanging out, being together. But really that never actually happened. Uh, about a year later, we all got sat down on the couch uh, me being 14, my brother's 12 and my sister's 10 at the time. They all didn't really know what was going on. I had kind of like an idea of what was happening mm -hmm. and that's when they told us they had split. So when that happened, it, my world got sh rocked. I didn't know what to do, kind of who I was. Yeah. Didn't know where my family was anymore. I kind of lost that and that played into my anxiety of just me going crazy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So stemming out of that, I ended up uh, going down a darker path the way I shouldn't have. I started drinking before I went to bed every night. And soon enough, that became a reality to me where I couldn't fall asleep if I didn't have a shot or two of Jag, like Jagermeister. So yeah. like it was just, that's the way I dealt with it. Wasn't, wasn't the best way I know that now. and. Mm -hmm. I can look back and I say, wow, that's, I was in a dark place. I was not doing good mm -hmm. kind of thing. And uh, kind of throughout that, uh, living in two households, I'd have fights with my mom where it'd end up in a screaming match. I would end up walking around outside for hours, not coming home kind of thing. And other nights it resulted in my dad coming to pick me up. I'd go back to his house. I'd, just go right to bed, take a shot of Jaeger and try to sleep. But it really, I don't know, it really never worked. So after that time, after some time passed, I kind of, I lost myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, I was just in such a dark place that my friends noticed and were like, hey, what's going on? And mm -hmm. I always made excuses. So I'm like, oh no, it's fine. It's just bugging me. Got into a fight with my mom again last night. but. In reality, I was sitting at my dad's house playing Xbox or something, or I had hockey that night, and I'd mm -hmm. just come back from a game. Like, 
really wasn't anything that was wrong in my life. It was just my mental state wasn't where it wanted to, like where it should have been and kind of thing. So after that, kind of just turned into a life where I started getting help. I went, I ended up going to the doctor and uh, they did some blood tests and a bunch of other things just to kind of see what was going on, what was happening. And that follow-up visit after my doctor had pulled me aside and said, I know you're drinking a lot. I can see it in your blood. There's alcohol in your blood and it's a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Like what's going on, what's happening kind of thing. And I kind of just, I shrugged it off and I was like, oh, it's the anxiety. It's nothing else. But in reality, it was a wake up call to me and saying, what are you doing in your life? Come on, like, let's get it together. Let's start moving forward to mm -hmm. becoming a better person and a healthier person kind of thing. So after that, I ended up starting to take uh, medication for my anxiety. I was uh, starting on a low dose to kind of see where it went from there. And mm -hmm. after a couple months of trying that, wasn't working for me. I hated taking pills, so I just stopped taking them. I wouldn't take them consistently. Um, and it just went from there, and then so I kept on slipping back into a darker place, relying on alcohol again to get me through the night kind of thing, and just moving from there. And that's kind of when the panic attacks started happening. And I had a, kind of, throughout my panic attacks, it went kind of felt like where I was laying in bed, trying to fall asleep, but I would be watching myself from the doorway, not knowing what was going on, just seeing kind of a shaking body in bed, helpless and just mm -hmm. ruthless kind of thing. And after kind of looking it up and all that kind of stuff, I figured out what it was called. It was called depersonalization. And it's probably one of the scariest things that could happen to a person. like. Mm -hmm and just knowing that. So about a month after dealing with that, I ended up going back to the doctor and I said, hey, this is what's happening to me. Um, and she was like, okay, there is a medication for that, but it's highly addictive. I'm only gonna give you a few chances on, like I'm only giving you a certain amount to go on. You're done or we'll reevaluate from there kind of thing. So whenever I felt that I was having a panic panic attack, I'd take this little little pill and uh, it was supposed to help me calm down. But in reality, I didn't notice much difference. I didn't mm -hmm. kind of, I kind of went from there. I was like, well, what's the point of this? What's mm -hmm. the point of even taking these meds if they're not helping? They're not actually doing anything. And it's, it all kind of stemmed from there where I just stopped taking them. Mm -hmm. altogether um so after that light like stuff in life had kind of shaped up a little bit it started making more sense i was had a good group of friends in high school i felt good so i was like i don't need these and that's where i slipped again and i went back down into a high anxiety state i started becoming depressed in my life and i just didn't know kind of what to do i uh began having suicidal thoughts, not often, but enough where it'd be like, if I was having like 
a crappy day kind of thing, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I should just go drive off a cliff. Yeah, like, no, what, totally. ha- what happens if I just, oh, I had an accident, I slipped off the road going down True Lake kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that's it, and hopefully that would have ended me, but thank God I never did because I'd never be where I am today for sure knowing kind of what's going on and it's that's the hard thing is just in those times it just makes so much more like much sense to just go with it and just end it all and be like okay well it doesn't matter because I'm gonna be happier not here Mm -hmm. and where there's no stress and no stress causing anxiety and all that kind of stuff so that was a really like that's where it started getting darker again and it was just it was hard on my body hard on myself and just kind of moving forward mm-hmm. um uh after that i kind of learned how to deal with it myself i knew that i had to step up and i needed to make another change in my life and that's where it all kind of started i ended up going back to a counselor and uh, at the foundry and it was just trying to match with the right person was tough but when I did I started talking to them often and I'd go once a week to go in and see them mm-hmm. but after a while that seemed I was doing a lot better but I thought okay well now I can be I can be done I can be I can go back out live on my own and uh, kind of be strong in myself and that's mm-hmm. where a quote kind of appeared to me um i was just scrolling through instagram one day and it's just kind of popped up and it's uh what we fear most doing is usually what we most need to do so that was like a really strong powerful message in my life where i was like okay i need to the scary thing that's holding me back is my relate one being my relationship with my mom mm-hmm. i need to fix that yeah i need to move forward in that let it go all the bullshit in the past and mm-hmm. just move forward kind of thing which i started working on and it was always hard for me because me and my mom are both the type of people that were right in everything and yeah that's and if you're going to fight us on that, then <laughs> it's not going to work kind of thing. And just kind of stem from there. And I started accepting that, okay, I know I'm right, but it's okay to be act like you're wrong for a little bit. Yeah. And just kind of moving forward from there. Mm-hmm. So that was really tough. Like that was tough for me to do. Even just like knowing deep down in myself that I was right, but being able to have the strength to grow up and just bite the bullet and take kind of what's wrong and all that kind of stuff. And that's where like stuff started getting better between my mom and I, we now have a better relationship, we can actually hang out in the same room for Mm -hmm. over, (laughs) over 15 minutes without getting it, getting into a screaming match kind of thing. And just, yeah moving from there it's good no that's yeah that's (laughs) i mean i'm utterly speechless um i mean you shared a lot of that with me um previously but i don't think to the full extent and obviously all at once and 
just hearing all of that is it's amazing and to see you here and how happy you actually yeah. seem and are and um how much i guess i don't know if it's weird for me to say but how much you seem to have grown and how good you are doing and just some of the realizations that you've had and um i know for myself and like i always try and say with this podcast is we want to help as many people as possibly can to get the help that they need and whether that be relating to a story sharing a story um even just listening and just listening to somebody else speak up i mean it all makes a big difference and even for myself listening to you say all of that like i it made me dig within myself and think about some of my past experiences and one of the one that one of the ones that resonates most with me is um when you said thinking about driving like off a cliff and for myself anyways i i've encountered that several times as well and i'm sure so many people have done the same and i mean when you're in such a dark and terrible place you you almost think about like what's a way that it can look like an accident what's the easiest way to do it and like when you are suicidal those are some of the thoughts that you have and um i know myself i've done that i've driven to top of mountains and i've been like coming back down and i'm like just if you just move your left hand a little bit over like it's yeah. it's over and um but then there's also been times when i've been driving down the highway and it's like semi truck passes and your thoughts start to linger and then it's more trucks pass and yeah. it's almost like a constant it's basically just a constant thought of what it would be like to not be around because you're so distraught and you're so mentally unstable and nobody really I shouldn't say nobody but not everyone realizes the pain that somebody can be suffering and the places that that pain can actually take them to and the thoughts that will resonate through their mind and even like for yourself how you said um you had i forget the term but you used um depersonalization depersonalization and i mean i've experienced the same sort of thing and um i know from one of my other podcasts we had a conversation about dreams and um what I find anyways for myself is I almost depersonalize myself in my dreams and they're, they're very, very vivid dreams, but it's almost like I'm watching myself do these things or I'm encountering these struggles. And for you to say that you depersonalized yourself and you're watching yourself, like that's almost euphoric to an extent. Right. And no. I don't think very many people realize that you're, mental state and your mental health can actually take you to places like that and take you essentially out of your body and watch yourself and i know in my podcast i spoke about um essentially i just didn't use it in this term but depersonalizing myself when i looked in the mirror and it was like i was looking in a mirror but i wasn't seeing anything like i was like so it was so out of body so um, such like a stage of euphoria where I'm staring at something but just no recognition of who I'm looking at and um, yeah I think it's 
very captivating, very moving and inspiring to hear you share all of those stories and especially get into the depths of it. I think for a lot of people that share mental health stories and share their story, they don't go into the full depths like you did. And um, I guess one question that I had was um, you did talk about, you did talk about like every night before bed, you would take a shot just to try and help you sleep. And like, how old were you when that actually began and how long did that last for? Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of started like around 14, 15. I'd like, it feels like such a long time ago, even mm -hmm. though it's three years ago, three, yeah. four years ago. But like just before bed, I'd hide Mickey underneath my dresser. And then when I was about to fall asleep, I'd go run underneath my dresser, reach my hand underneath, grab the Mickey, take a shot, slide it back under. And it's just kind of, it went on for probably six to eight months at a time kind of thing. And then it would, I would stop doing it, but then I'd fall kind of back into that place mm -hmm. where it's where I thought it helped and yeah. kind of what, what I thought I needed at that time and kind of thing. So I don't know, like all in all probably happened every night for a year. Like mm -hmm. if you put all the times together kind of thing and for just sure. even like kind of knowing, uh, like where to go from there is such a hard place to do because it's just you have this routine and that's something that somebody with anxiety has it's they try to get these routines down that they mm -hmm. know what's going to happen know kind of what's the result of what i do is going to happen kind of thing so getting into that routine is just was tough and it wasn't the way it was supposed to be mm -hmm. but like after those times i was able to kind of put myself in a better routine where i would be able to fall asleep without the need of alcohol yeah, or for sure. without the need of something else to put me to bed kind of thing and yeah so that's that's where i really started to grow and that is when i started putting myself in these better routines better kind of situations where i could move forward without really struggling a for ton sure. with what was going on kind of thing yeah yeah definitely um i know anyways from just from people that i've talked to and myself my own experiences i feel like that's almost as bad as it is to say it's almost like a common trend uh in our era and in our age range where people get down and they resort to alcohol or I mean, not to your extent, your extent's yeah. totally different, but I'm just speaking on behalf of people that are struggling with mental health. And I know for myself anyways, when I was going through some of my darkest times, I did, I resorted to alcohol and I figured, oh, I'm super down. Yeah. Like I'm just going to go drink because it makes me happy because I get to be with my friends. But in reality, it wasn't making me happy. It was making me more depressed and hurting my mental health even more and I think like I don't know because not a lot of people our age are very open with it and with the ways that they actually abuse alcohol but it is super common and I've 
I've, I'm sure you've seen it a lot as well. And it's sometimes it's people don't even realize how much they actually are abusing it. And sometimes they think it's an addiction, but, and sometimes absolutely it is. But I feel that there's a lot of people that drink for more of a reason than just to go get drunk and do yeah. stupid stuff. Like I think, I think there's a lot of people that use alcohol as that escape route and they think alcohol is like the answer to getting happy and like i i know that i always refer to this as well but with wine i always say oh yeah like wine and you will hear so many parents say this like wine is such a happy drunk and um i mean i love to drink wine i think you and i like to drink wine together but um no we like you always hear that and you say yeah wine puts a smile on my face and i say the same thing but i think some people take that too literally and they think that drinking is gonna actually make them happy and yeah maybe it's a short stint but it's the same as you put a band-aid on a wide open wound on your leg. It's not like, going to do, yeah, do anything. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe it stops a quarter of the bleeding and that helps, I guess. But in reality, you still have to take care of the rest. And that's kind of metaphorically what I'm speaking of is with people using alcohol to cover up their mental health struggles. And I think that's something that's obviously super big in our day and age. And yeah. I think especially since COVID's hit, I think that more and more people have abused alcohol. And I, yeah. I don't know the exact statistics at all, but I know that the alcohol consumption rate has spiked through the roof yeah. since COVID. For sure. And I mean, you're hunkered down in your house. Everyone has a different way of keeping themselves entertained. But yeah. I also think that there's a lot of people that lost jobs and there's a lot of people that necessarily could like shouldn't have been spending as much out al- or as much money as they po- like were on alcohol but they did and i again i feel like it was a way to kind of he- yeah like yeah. exactly cope with what was going on and with the fact that they lost their job and they might they don't know when they're getting another one or if they have to get another one and so they're I think there are so many different factors that come into play and alcohol is a big one and I don't think it's talked about enough and for you to share that is obviously amazing especially being so young and because there's a lot of kids that are very young and they will start resorting to alcohol because maybe they've seen their parents do it or maybe they've seen somebody that they know do it and they think it's a beneficial way or even in movies you see it all the time is some it happens in so many movies where something goes wrong the first scene that comes after is them sitting in a bar drinking or them sitting in their kitchen drinking and it's because and that's how it almost gets instilled in our brains that oh yeah like i'm upset okay yeah i'm gonna go have a beer or i'm gonna go have a couple shots or i'm gonna go out to the bar and just get slammed yeah yeah like and I don't know. I think there's so many different ways that we can do it in order to fix ourselves. And um, one of the ones that you touched on was obviously professional help. And 
yeah. you spoke about seeing somebody at Foundry for like once a week and do you still go see them? Kind of like, honestly, I'll go back kind of as much as the feel that I feel the need to go for back sure. kind of thing. So mm. it's not, it might not be an every week day, like every week kind of thing, but it might be kind of once a month I'll go in and I'll kind of just run through, let them pick my brain yeah. kind of let it all, let it all out, let it just go for sure kind of thing. And another thing, what I wanted to mention with kind of the alcohol stuff is don't let it be a false sense of happiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, sure, there might be a lot of happiness that comes out of it after yeah. after going out, having a couple of drinks, you're going to have a ton of laughs, but don't let that be your true sense of happiness kind of thing. And that's what I've learned over the last couple of years is, one, you don't need alcohol to go out and have fun. Um you can honestly, you could go to the bar DD and just laugh at your friends for yeah, exactly. hours kind of thing. And sure, having a couple of drinks is a good time, but there's no need, like, no need to just go out and every night just get kind of blackout wasted where you don't remember what's going on in the morning. Like, yeah. you don't remember the next morning what you did, kind of what happened that night. And that's kind of thing I can't stress enough is don't let it be a false sense of happiness mm-hmm. um and don't resort to it in being your happiness everybody can be happy um there's always everybody has room to grow everybody has room to work on themselves it's not everybody's not perfect like mm-hmm. or nobody's perfect that's a better way to say it but absolutely kind of just work on yourself and make sure you know that if you do go out have a couple drinks that it's you're not relying on that to be happy Mm -hmm. and not kind of moving forward from there just stay true to yourself stay kind of yeah i don't know where i was going but that's what for sure i mean i (laughs) and this is how i look at and why i say that it's so important and I don't think everyone realizes how I get affected by doing these podcasts and because everyone thinks, oh yeah, like Lucas is interviewing someone or sitting down with someone having this conversation and people don't realize that I get to experience this firsthand and yeah, a lot of people get to listen to it, but myself, I am experiencing this and I get to see the emotion on your face and I get to almost just read your whole body language and see how it makes you feel and you pick up on like the little things and I almost like I get lost in it as well and it's a big beneficial thing for me and it brings back a lot of memories from my story and um, I know that when you were talking there I was definitely listening (laughs) don't get me wrong but I I got lost in a thought and it was a bad experience of mine and it was just you talking about like going out to the bars and like you don't have to drink you can dd and uh something for me that happened in my story was i like last summer i like i talked about i've experienced a lot of loss and i experienced a lot of change in my life and that's when i ultimately resorted to alcohol and 
it was every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was going to the liquor store. I was picking up a 12 case of Hey Y'alls and I was drinking all 12 before we'd go out to the bar. And then at the bar, I would spend money on more drinks. And so it was every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that was something I was not used to. And in my head, I somehow convinced myself that, oh, I'm just there having a good time, I'm having fun, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, I knew that wasn't the case at all. And again, I think that's for so many people is when it's like they have a paper that's due on Friday, but, and they're super stressed out about it. And their friend's like, oh yeah, take the stress off, come out. And then usually they're the ones that are most drunk because they want to relieve all stress and they want to forget about their stress. And that's how so many people use alcohol is it's again, that escape route. And, um, I just think we all kind of need to take a page out of your book for sure. And obviously we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and just realize like, what is the benefit of alcohol? And I know for myself anyways, I, for a long time, I've wanted to basically, I mean, not saying (laughs) I'm an alcoholic, but I'm just saying I've wanted to go on like a long dry spell or even just cut alcohol in my life entirely. And then what always happens is I get roped into it by my buddies and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with going out with your buddies, having some beers, doing whatever. But I think it's when it becomes constant and when you start to rely on it for happiness and you start to rely on it for like basically pushing your feelings and emotions under the rug. That's when obviously there's stuff that needs to change. And I think it's, amazing hearing you talk and talk so openly for that matter about the struggles that you've encountered and the coping the negative coping if you will that you've used but then also obviously the ways that you've come back from it and where you're at now and what you're doing now it's I mean it's insane it's amazing and and the fact that you still I don't even know, like, I know for myself, I don't know if you're the same, but with professional help, like, I don't go seek professional help um, when I'm down. Like, obviously I do, but that's not why I go see a professional. I go see a professional to keep my head in a clear space. And I go see him about two times, two times a month, and we just chat and we clear out all the little cobwebs that are in my head and all the little things that are bugging me. And, um, and there's obviously like so many things happen in a day and you'll always, I think that's why it's cool going to professional is because when they ask, okay, so like how was your two weeks or when you start to talk, those things that pop up into your head, those are the things that were most important. And then but when something little happened and you might like for myself anyways, I always go, Oh, that's such a big deal. Why do I think about that? And then when I'm sitting there in that office, I'm like, Oh my God, that was, that's why I was so stressed out. That's why I was upset. Like, are you kidding me? That was pointless. (laughs) Like why would I, why would I even fret about it? And I think that's something that's really neat about professional help 
and why it's super beneficial is it's not a place that you necessarily have to go to or it's not a place that you can only go if you're suicidal or you're dealing with massive mental health struggles or you're dealing with PTSD or past like basically just trauma in general like trauma like childhood trauma whatever it is I think that it's just a place to go and better yourself and obviously learn a lot about yourself and figure some things out about yourself Um, and obviously you want to build a relationship with them and then on the topic of relationships how like because you spoke about your mom and your relationship and what was like kind of explain the depths of how difficult that can be um obviously not having i guess the most in sync relationship with yeah obviously somebody that has somebody that gave birth to you like but more like even more so because i mean it's not always your mom but it can be your dad your brother sister close friend whatever it is but like how how does that affect someone having Mm -hmm. those sorts of confrontations what i did want to touch on one thing uh just kind of about how you said like the little things that like you go and you talk about you're like what what the like why 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 did that make such a big deal for me but i i went through that in september like even uh kind of after all the well the covid stuff started and I was living on residence and I kind of moved out of residence, went back home and I went back to my mom's house because I thought, hey, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be whatever. We're going to make it work kind of thing. And right about, and I was actually planning on moving into uh, Buddy's place, just renting a room out of their house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how that was going to go now that all this COVID stuff happened, like kind of just wrecked my life and somebody with anxiety that might be that heightens everything completely Mm -hmm. because sure you just had a you just had a six-month plan that just got scrapped Mm -hmm. in 24 hours kind of thing yeah and that's where I struggled a lot was just going through that going through okay what do I need to do to set my day up for tomorrow but also for the week kind of thing yeah. And throughout that, I moved back to my mom's house. I was just kind of waiting for my time. I was like, hey, I'm moving out in April, moving into this place kind of thing. Done deal. <laughs> uh, I had made up my mind kind of thing. And my mom didn't really want me to do that. She goes, you can't just go mix with another family. You've been with this family, which, I mean, is understandable. It's You can't really do that yeah. and with what's going on in the world right now. And then just... So one night, kind of just moved on from there, and it's just like, well, what is gonna happen? So I ended up one night, me and my mom blew up, just massive argument. I uh, went from there. My mom walked out of the house. She went to just walk around. I ended up getting a call from my dad, and he said, "Pack your shit." you're you're moving you're bringing all your stuff to my house and you're finding a place to leave and that's where i broke down i started bawling Mm -hmm. i didn't know 
what I was going to do, where I was going to go, what was going to happen. And I know out of, after that, looking back on it, it all came out of love from my dad and all, he was just mad because he thought, Hey, you and your mom got back to get like, you're doing well. And then this happened and it just destroyed everything. But, and I know like me and my dad have made up, me and my mom have made up from that night. It's been back to where it should be in the mm -hmm. first place kind of thing. But that night I ended up calling a buddy and I said, Hey, can you like, I need you to pick me up. I can't go to either of these places. I need you to pick me up. Can I just crash on your couch for a night? Mm -hmm. And I'll figure it out in the morning kind of thing. And it ended up not working with the one buddy just because of his parents and the COVID stuff, yeah. of course. So I called my buddy that I was going to move into with. And I called him. I was like, hey, man, I need you to come pick me up. Can you talk to your mom if I can move in now instead of in a month kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So it ended up working out. I ended up slowly moving my stuff back there. One kind of bag or two bags of day kind of thing mm -hmm. as I could and it went on from there and that's where I lived for the summer I was kind of I was happy again just move forward but then there's also that stress coming up to September okay I have to move again what yeah. am I gonna do and like for something that I knew I had a place locked down I had furniture already in the place my yeah. new one my roommates were coming into town but I just didn't, it just created that false, like just that such a high stress, high, such a high anxiety to where I was breaking down. I was like, I, where I just stay in my room at night and I'd be like, people would ask me, Hey, do you want to hang out? Whatever. I'm like, mm, I don't want to like, yeah, just kind of, I want to sit in my bed, watch Netflix and have a beer. Yeah, like, exactly. that's, that's where it went back to being. And then kind of after all that happened, it, I ended up moving into my new place, which I've been at for a month. And it's just, I look back on that now. I'm like, why? Like I had all this stuff together. I knew what was going to happen, but mm -hmm. why did it just stress me out? And I tried to learn from that and kind of pick things apart, uh, from, from where to go kind of thing and what, yeah. what happened, but kind of back, back to what you had asked, um, kind of how to rebuild you're asking how to rebuild um kind of all started it just that time we needed to sit down like we just needed to sit down mm -hmm. talk figure out why either of us think we are right yeah. and kind of think just pick each other's minds on how that works and how yeah. we can do better and we can compromise between the two of us to kind of work it out and be normal around each other instead yeah. of being on guard the entire time putting up walls and that kind of thing and overall it just took time between me and my mom it just it took time of just working on it just trying to keep the walls low and sure we blew up once in a while yeah. <laughs> come on what who doesn't yeah. have arguments with their parents exactly every once in a while it's just it's the matter of fact, if you can come back to that after that argument and say, Hey, I was wrong in this, this, and this, but you also hurt me in this way. Yeah. And then after expressing how you feel like sit, like you have an argument, give it 24 hours and talk about it. Yeah. Say what hurt, like 
what you're sorry for kind of saying apologize for what you feel you've done Mm -hmm. and then have the space to say but you also hurt me in this way kind of whatever yeah and then let the other person talk as well Mm -hmm. so and then after that we kind of worked on we just kind of sat on it for a couple hours thought about each other person's feelings and then we move forward from there and yep. we apologize for what you felt wrong about and what you did wrong is mm-hmm. whether it, may, it whether it be raising your voice or just calling her a bitch like yeah. it was those little things that just it needed that were wrong that i didn't think were wrong in the moment but needed but after you take a couple like a day and you look back on it, you're yeah. like okay this is what I did wrong. Now I know what I can do better. Yeah. I didn't mean to f- make you feel this way and kind of move forward from there. So yeah. we started doing that whenever we kind of got into a fight and it ended up kind of, it helped sort things out. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just leaving that kind of resulting anger. Mm-hmm, there definitely. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think that can be used. That can be used in any in any confrontation, I believe. And, um, I think obviously like any relationship, um, but as well as even with people that you don't necessarily know, um, to the extent of obviously like your close friends, family, whomever it may be. But I think we can use that in every confrontation. And it's like, yeah, we, there's so many, so many times you see people blow up on each other and they get all mad and they're, in this big yelling match and they're discussing who's right, who's wrong. And in reality, if you like, you take 24 hours or at least a period of time and kind of just reflect on the whole situation. I think usually sometimes it's not the case, but usually you'll come out with some form of like an agreement on something or at least you'll talk about it and that was something that was really good to hear is that you guys obviously you talk about it and if something happens you talk about it and I think that's a big thing is communication and that's in all relationships and whoever you may stumble across I think it's super important that you can communicate with them and you can be honest with them and I like especially in a form of like a relationship because everyone always ever excuse me everyone always says like communication is key and it's true if yeah. you don't have communication <laughs> you're not going anywhere like you're you're basically just gonna sit there and it's nothing's gonna come of it and some I know for myself anyways something that I always struggled with was when I was down I struggled to communicate that and express why I was down and I held that within me because I figured that was the best way. If I bottle it up inside, then it's not going to affect anyone else around me when in reality, everyone can see how you actually feel for the most part and they will like, they just want you to talk to them and want you to be open with it. And I think obviously that's why I wanted to do this is to prove that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's super important to communicate with anyone and literally it can be anyone. I can 
go walk down the street and be like, hey, I'm struggling today. Do you mind if I talk to you for a minute? And I yeah. guarantee you, if you went up to 10 people, you would have at least five say yes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because a lot of people, like the most fulfilling thing in the world, it's not money, it's not cars, it's not big houses, it's helping people. And the almost the the high that you get from helping someone is greater than any amount of wealth. And I mean, it is wealth, like helping someone is wealth and it is super fulfilling and it brings you to a state of honestly like pure happiness and just to know that you've helped someone and especially for you right now, like you're gonna be helping a lot of people and that's so important and it's so important to me knowing that there's people like yourself that wanna be out here helping as many people as we possibly can and yeah. reaching out to everyone and sharing it all over social media because social media, we're so consumed by social media on an everyday basis and we constantly we constantly look at all this stuff but 90% of it is just like bogus. Like there's, yeah. it's just, honestly, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing that's, Real, or I shouldn't say nothing, but there's not a ton of super beneficial things. And then it's, you see all these people sharing stories on their Instagram and it's not to really help anyone. It's, yeah. well, yeah, these shoes look cool. I'm going to yeah. post these or, yeah. oh yeah, like I, like, I don't know. There's so many different things that are kind of going around. And I know even for myself, that's one of the things is it's interesting to see who will, who will share my stuff and obviously like, cause for me, I personally don't care about likes, follows, none of that stuff, yeah. but with struggle creates strength, I want to see it reach as many people as it possibly can, because that means the more people that are getting helped. Yeah. And I mean, having you on here is huge. Like from creating a video, you reached out and now yeah from doing your podcast, somebody else is going to reach out or yeah. multiple people are going to reach out. And that's the cool thing. And it almost starts this big snowball effect. And it's almost like a pandemic where, yeah, you touch one person and it spreads to them and then it's two and then four and then yeah, eight exactly. and it just continues to spread. And that's what obviously we want to do. And I think for yourself, you being here is proving that and proving how important mental health is to you and sharing your story takes nothing but courage and being as vulnerable with that story as you have been is, I mean, like, I don't have words to explain how honored I am to be sitting here having this conversation with yeah. you, but just seeing the, again, the courage and I'm inspired and I know that so many people are going to be inspired. Yeah. Um, but what, what would you kind of say is like a big tip, I guess like your golden, your golden tip of advice that you would have for somebody that's struggling with mental health. Well, I think specifically, I can't really speak on a lot of other things, but specifically with anxiety mm -hmm. is get yourself into a good routine. Uh, yeah. Stick to that routine. Something that from out of routine happens, it's going to bug you yeah. completely. It's going to mess up your entire day, but fight that 
kind of that 10 seconds of bad whatever happened just mm-hmm. think about it. you have a couple thousand like yeah <laughs> seconds in a day yeah don't let those 10 seconds ruin it kind of thing yeah and talk about it um especially with anxiety it's it's so hard because you don't know how a person's going to react to it if they're going to be supportive if they're not like mm-hmm. it's where your mind just races through all these different scenarios it's like well what if i tell somebody this and then they say well grow up kind of yeah be better it's anxiety everybody everybody gets anxious whatever yeah like that's probably one of the biggest fears and that's probably one of the worst things that can happen to somebody with anxiety but nine times out of ten if you're talking to that one person that you know is going to be there for you mm-hmm. talk they're going to be supportive yeah. nine times out of ten and talk about it like mm-hmm. even if it whether it be professional help that might be a good like a starting place for you is just go in talk to somebody it's completely confidential they're not going to go out there and sit at the bar or go yeah, have a exactly. coffee and talk to their friends like oh this kid has this and yeah whatever but like go go in there kind of let them pick your brain but share your story start there and then once you build the courage to go out you can go out and say hey talk to a couple like couple friends about yeah. it not no you don't have to spread it to everybody mm-hmm. at once just go with what you're comfortable with Sure. But always keep talking about it because mm-hmm. if you don't, it's just going to well up inside of you. It's going to kind of eat you alive where you can't really deal with it anymore. Definitely. And it turns into other stuff kind of thing. Yeah. And I think just like you said, you start with coming out to one person and then maybe that's the professional or maybe it's a close friend or family member. And for myself, that's the way it was too. I... I reached out to one person then it was like nine months later was when I took a step to get professional help. And then after professional help, I just started that snowball effect where I started to become more open with my story. And um, obviously now we're sitting here, we're being vulnerable. We're sharing (laughs) the full depths of who we are and wearing our vulnerability right on our chest and right on our sleeve and just saying this is who I am and if you like it great if not great it doesn't matter right oh yeah and that's what's really neat um what would you say is the the biggest thing that you've kind of learned from your story like from yourself uh probably the biggest thing I've learned for myself would be uh how to like grow mentally and how to do mental checkups on myself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And where if I'm having kind of like a rough day where I'm running around kind of getting phone calls, Hey, Hey, can you do this as well? And it's just kind of take five minutes and be, do a mental checkup like on yourself. Just be like, all right, what's important in my mind right now and what's not important. Mm -hmm. The not important stuff, jot it down on a notepad right beside you or something or write it down in your notes on your phone. Yeah, It's always available. Everybody has their phone charged at all times. Yeah, exactly. Um, just write those not important things down like just quick and then just focus on those one or two things that really matter at that time mm-hmm. and kind of thing. So that's probably the one thing I've learned to do for myself is just 
focusing on one or two things at a time, yeah. making sure that they're, I complete them and then I can move on to other things kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so that's kind of where I think I've grown a lot sure. mentally and yeah. that's where that starts. Absolutely. Do you think there's kind of like more for you to do for yourself from a mental health standpoint? Like, do you think that you still have places to kind of go with it? Or do you think that you're, you're hit right on the money. You're good. You're golden. You're, there's nowhere else to go. Like there's no higher, no higher up. You're just, you're solid. Or do you think there's always like, there's always more to do or more ways to benefit yourself? Well, I mean, I wish that I was all the way at the top. (laughs) That, That would be awesome. But I mean, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for growth. We're sure. still like I'm being under 19. I, I don't know what you would classify that at, but like even going from like a teenager into a young adult into adult, there's always you're always learning, you're always growing, you're always kind of moving forward. So I always think that there's there's room for improvement, there's room for growth. Yep. Kind of go forward from there, take it where you need it. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not 100% because I just, I had major anxiety where I was freaking out. I had a panic attack over something that I was moving into solid. Yeah. I was like, well, what, like what's going on? Like, I thought it was good. Like, yeah, but really down beneath it all, it's don't let the little things bug you for sure. Kind of, if they do bug you, talk about them. Yeah. And it's going to help a lot kind of thing. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, and I guess one kind of one last little wrap up is you, or I kind of touched on the fact that last year you went to school, um, at UBCO here in Kelowna and, um, what kind of, what changed for you this year instead of going to school? Like, why did you choose to obviously take this gap year and, um, obviously do different passions of yours yeah so I mean it all kind of started with the end of school last year it was all online doing my exams I would sit in bed and I'd be like okay I have to study for at least half an hour come on like yeah like wake up earlier in the morning before I had to go to work study for half an hour and then get ready for your day but then I just end up sitting there and just like watch YouTube or just I would procrastinate actually studying where yeah. when it came to the exam time I, I was lost I was completely done for like, and it showed on my exam schedule, like I'm thankful that I passed everything, but in reality I shouldn't have, I like, I really shouldn't have. And just knowing with myself kind of with being like a kinesthetic learner, learner that I'm a hands-on person. I need to touch, feel like observe it not through a computer screen. So I thought through that, I was like, okay, take a year off. If it's going to be online, take a year off, kind of focus, just go, go out, make some money, be happy with yourself, kind of do, do the best you can for this year, grow as much as you can. And then next year or whenever classes become kind of back Mm -hmm. in the class, I'll go back and try to finish my degree, but we're kind of, well, with everything going on, it's kind of, kind of hard to know that. Yeah, but, exactly. So it's bugging me, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it'll be interesting 
to for see sure. kind of yeah over the next six months yeah definitely i think that's a big like that's even a big step um to realize something like that and just knowing kind of where you are in your life and what you benefit from and what you don't benefit from and it's you step that's something that bothers me so much is so many people think you're on this big timeline and you have to follow a schedule you have to follow the rest of your high school graduate class and i obviously haven't i'm totally way off the grid doing totally different things than anybody else that i graduated with but for yourself even just saying that because i'm the same way i like being in class i like being hands-on uh when i'm at my house and i'm studying write me off because i there's a million things around me that i'd rather do and yeah i will look at something that i haven't even touched in a year and a half and i'll be like oh that looks kind of cool today and i'll go over there and i'll do whatever with it for yeah. an hour because I just procrastinate when it comes to schoolwork. And, but I think that's, that's awesome that you kind of realize that for yourself and because you're not getting behind in life by any means, you're benefiting yourself because you're realizing that you going, like you studying from home and doing your exams from home will only essentially hurt your future. And that's yeah, yeah for me anyways i find that's like that's really awesome so yeah good on you for that i appreciate it yeah <laughs> one of the few that have no i'm just kidding everybody's kind of yeah it's been it's been weird everybody's like oh you're taking a year off i'm like yeah and they're like i wish i did that i'm yeah. like i know but <laughs> you're stuck in school like sorry i know it sucks but yeah like it every everybody works differently in that way for everybody sure. Like, some people might be acing this now because they might have just been like, oh, they're those note takers that can just... Exactly. That won't even, like, listen in the lecture and they'll just yeah. type everything out and then they'll actually go through it, pick it off piece by piece at home and that's where they study kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, it's different with every person. It's different. For sure. Kind of moving forward. You got to do what you want to do. You got to do what you know you can do. Definitely. And yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Joe, that's that's basically all we have for our podcast today. It was unbelievable having you on. I I learned so much from you, and I think you will 100% help so many people. And this obviously opens up a massive avenue. And I think we touched on, like, touching on alcoholism and touching on even parents getting divorced and just yeah. touching on being vulnerable and just mental health in a whole. I think that'll be so beneficial for so many people and you stepping up and doing this is unbelievable and it shows so much courage and your vulnerability does not go unnoticed and it's amazing. So thank you very much for that. And if the rest of our viewers and everyone that listens wants to actually reach out to you or send you a message of support, where could they kind of find you at? Um, either shoot me a text. Uh, my phone number is uh, 250-801-7435. Or uh, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. It's just Josiah underscore Breers. Um, it's just quick, easy. I'm pretty busy at work, so I'll try my best to 
if anybody does reach out, I'll try my best to kind of get with that, but, and kind of do, kind of respond to everybody. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. No <laughs> promises. It's going to be an immediate message yeah. back, but yeah, no, I just want to, yeah. Thanks Lucas for having me on. It's, of course. It's been huge. It's going into this now. I was nervous, but after sitting down for however long it's yeah. been, it's kind of the nerves cool and yeah, absolutely. The, the anxiety lowers kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, sure. it's good. I appreciate you putting this all together. It's been huge. As soon as I saw kind of your video and listen mm-hmm. to your podcast it it truly moved me to do kind of one of my own and i appreciate like that's huge it's something the okanagan needed it's something that mm-hmm. kind of everybody everybody needs to just kind of listen and hear other people's stories and then definitely if they feel moved if they want to they can also share their story kind of thing which is which is awesome so yeah yeah i just want to thank you for that no it's, it's thank big. you so much that's yeah i'm very very humbled by that and too like actually way too kind but um yeah i 100 percent recommend that everyone obviously show him the support and reach out to him maybe even go for coffee with him but i'll guarantee you it's going to turn into wine and pizza at some restaurant but no seriously 100 percent reach out to him and if you do want to reach out to me or you do want to come on this podcast and share your story you are more than welcome to reach me anytime at Struggle Create Strength, and that is on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, my website, everything. It is just Struggle Create Strength. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can just go to Lucas Cullen4 on Instagram or just Lucas Cullen on Facebook. And just remember that everyone has a story, and I mean every single person has a story. And no matter how rich, how successful, you have a story. And at some point in your life, if you have not already, you will struggle with mental health. And I'm just here trying to prove that we need to be more vulnerable. We need to help each other. And it's just, let's just basically just prove that everyone has a story. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much. And that is our episode for today.